Welcome to the Fourth Pillar of Play, a Night Shift Radio production where we support your adventure in tabletop game design by discussing, learning, and creating right alongside you. And good morning. Good morning. It's um, Josh and Talon in the morning. Josh. <laughs> oh, gosh. We don't record in the morning very often. No. But Welcome to Breakfast Here we Nostra. are, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, yes. and I took a break from playing Baldur's Gate 3. To happy Indigenous it. People's Day. Ha- exactly. Happy Indigenous People's Day. That is the day this is coming out. For anyone new, so that's nice where we land. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that bothers you. Just, just a, you that may be a clue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. And mm-hmm. thanks for going on our little discussion journey of monsters, mayhem, and all things uh, D&D design related. So... Uh, Josh, last week you weren't here, so I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> but same, yeah. And yeah. Beginning this week, so, I should have more control of my week. We should have our Tuesdays back. Oh, that'd be great to have our anymore. Tuesdays Maybe back. not directly tomorrow, Tuesday, this week, but still. <laughs> <laughs> that may be too quick for me. But we'll get our Tuesdays but, um, back. Is the, is yes, the... we do have the Tuesdays. My my dog and all has finished her bravery classes, and she is exactly one-tenth mm-hmm. braver, perhaps, but learn new things. So. Yes. So last week you went solo. I listened to it today. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I did too. What did I do? I mostly talked about. I, I talked about. The, you did a quick recap the, of the previous week, uh, and then yep, you went yep, into yep. what goblins and Estrock. You went completely out on your own to establish a major piece of lore without my input at all. So I just was kind of <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, like, I mean. But no, I well, love it. it. I love just, all of it. It I'm was good. just preliminary totally thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's totally. There. It's great. It fits thematically. I was brainstorming. You know, it, it thematically it fits. Um, <clears throat> I went, especially building on that idea that as you've wa- as we were discussing and watching that progression of goblin lore over time. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. from black-hearted villains all the way up through misunderstood and poorly treated, and that's why they act out sometimes. Right, and in it's my mind, like, when you were telling the story, I was kind of I kind of ended up falling where my imagination went was like, well, they're kind of um, on Estrak, they're kind of both, right? Mm-hmm. And initially at their origins, pre sevenfold storm uh i do imagine them being kind of treated as a lower ranking citizen type sure um, that's yeah that's what i was right, thinking that's too. What you're saying they, then they the storm over with that previous treatment and then they see an opportunity for a new existence yep um and i in my imagination they had the same treatment when they got here the sevenfold storm hits but because of their tight neck uh communities cultural closeness um all the the chaos and stuff that ensued was almost nothing for them you know um maybe they are inherently resilient because they are generally the second class citizens. I don't like that term either, but this is a hard, it's, I found it difficult to storm because I hate all the terms and I hate, but either way, I kind of imagine them being the most resilient and ready to handle all the changes that came. And um, I don't know. I like the idea that they, they're the ones who kind of are like, we're out of here. You know, yes, some stayed and integrated with culture and used their resiliency to help all of the other um, various beings. And then some kind of took off on their own. And no, I think I, all, everything you had was great. I was totally, I'm sure I could build on it more with more time if needed, yeah. but I don't really know that I need to. Yeah, I, that, that was sort of where I came from. Like, there, there's going to be some people who get trapped on Astrak who are like, "This is cool. I'm good with this." Yeah, and mm. I also just really liked the the idea of goblins like heading off into the wild and basically, you know, we're giants at heart, <laughs> and so they right. adopt. <laughs> they try to adopt the culture of the lost leviathans or you know, 
colossals and oh that's a cool idea yeah um so like everything they have is 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 in reverence to the colossals even though they don't know anything about it it's just what they've imagined the colossals were like so yeah okay no that's cool yeah that would be that's fun you know uh even if they're completely wrong even these goblins have no idea what they're talking about they're completely way off base but they've created an entire mythology is that that's like not something that happens in real life anyway people don't take like clues from the past and then reinterpret them through their own personal lens to reinforce their own belief structure and then use that as a way of advancing their what a world it would be if that that did happen i know it's ridiculous it's uh it'd be an inconceivable world if they did things like that yeah but, uh, um, no that's that's good i also had this idea that the ones that stayed in the city um and and helped kind of build the lineages that would populate point reach um referred to anybody who took off into the woods as like the always welcome <laughs> you're all, <laughs> like you're still family you're always welcome to come back if you want you nuts but no i like the idea that the <laughs> goblins are actually like the origin of you know or at least a big part of the building blocks of like the verge warden and um you know even verge druidic magic they see, hey, well, these goblins aren't dying. Right. What's up with that? And then the goblins kind of share, like, yeah, yeah, it's not actually not all that hard. <laughs> you can do it. You just need to compromise a lot of the things, oh. you know, that you're used to. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, like having, yeah, goblin culture was appropriated to create <laughs> Verge Wardens. <laughs> well, yeah, Poor but goblins. in the most positive. Poor you know, goblins. The, the pop, no, in the positive use of it, because it basically didn't happen until, you know, but they're fully, yeah, but I like the idea that rather... Again, pop culturally, goblins and such are always at the very bottom rung. You know, they're they're not, you know, at the festivals generally. You know what I mean? Like, right. Exactly. You know, they're always unwelcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's and you know, just kind of finding that that lore piece. I know that you know we're trying to look at so much mechanics, but like lore is lore, You have to do both. You yeah. have to do both because that's what makes the lore has to be reflected. Well, I mean, we, when we talked about uh, an essay, but one of the people we read that said, you start with your story, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and your, then you let the your mechanics... Your mechanics have to mirror your story. Yeah, yeah. One, and some, it's got to be a chicken and an egg at some point. It mm-hmm. may actually be like the an actual chicken and the egg metaphor because you could argue both ways. No, the chicken yeah. comes first. Now you need the egg for, you know, because they're, they're very mm-hmm. intrinsically linked. So Absolutely. one definitely informs the other. Um. So yeah, that was our goblins. And I, I really enjoyed our conversation um comparing those and so i want to do a little bit more of that today but the only other thing i promise i won't the the next thing i want to ask you about is did you what did you think of the first ideas that i jumped through on uh revergent versions of monsters okay so now this part i went back and forth (laughs) so i tried all right i thought it was almost thematically appropriate that i really zoned out when it got technical And I tried. So that doesn't bode well for our listeners. No, I know it doesn't. I know, but I um I was also listening on two X to make sure I got everything. Um Okay. So I not it's not really none of it really locked in, but I also woke up at like one in the morning with the new puppy. So <laughs> so I'm sorry, but I don't have mm. good thoughts on that. No, that's that's fine. Yeah. The um the general idea, let's see, let me let me go ahead and grab it and yeah. bring it right up um let's see here if i open up my recent documents uh reverging creatures here we go so yeah the general idea was four levels of revergence is kind of simplified down version of the revergent mechanics for players mm-hmm. um we do uh four levels each level grants them uh a cr bonus a con bonus and an ability okay so they get a con boost a cr boost and an ability so they have higher to represent you know 
Revergent creatures becoming more tough. Okay, yeah. And um, more dangerous. And then anything that were to go past third, you know, the fourth level of Revergent, you'd find. So if you were to find like um, a wyvern that had four levels of Revergence, it was completely made of plant matter, you know, or a plant dragon. We've looked at that fantasy art of a dragon made of plants yeah, and stuff. Yeah. That would be like the representative of a dragon with four layers of Revergence on it. If you were to find a, another layer of Revergence on that dragon, it'd be dead. Okay. So yeah. that's where you find like that hedge looks like a dragon, but it's a hedge. Okay, right. It's, because it's now right before it was a hedge, it was really dangerous. But right. then eventually, that fungus it, looks it like stops. a chimera, and it's because it actually yeah, exactly. Is just okay, got it. Um, and but that just simplify that down. You have a CR boost, an ability, and a con boost, mm-hmm. and that's it. Uh, it. Except for the base things, they lose their language ability. They yeah. they can they can only talk to each other. Um, and uh, let's see. They can, they have the false appearance or stealth bonus and an aura and a burst. And then everything else is uh, just those abilities. And then if they had spells, like say it's a mage NPC stat block, you'd revert, you replace its spells with the blast, the revergent blast attack. Okay. Which was kind of borrowed from, uh, you know, mechanically, you know, borrowed from some of the philo- design philosophy that came from Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, where they took a lot of those spellcasters and simplified them down. Right. Uh, with their spells rather than more making them more complicated they just were like dms need to be able to say i shoot you with a arcane blast so now they have a reversion blast right and doing it any other way is I'm, almost like um not i don't know almost like would discourage preparation well exactly you're put well, it and there's definitely two philosophies because if you look at level up 5e their stat blocks are not shortened they make them longer and they spell out every spell and what they can do Right. Um, so all the numbers for every spell are spelled out in the stat blocks. That's so you can so you end up with like a a vampire, you know, lord or a lich stat block in mm-hmm. level up five e, and it's like three pages or two pages. Yeah. Um, which is cool because then you don't have to go looking up your spells while you're running it. But it is definitely not simplified. It makes it. And daunting. then the other thing I took from this was I borrowed from the ideas from Mike Shays and Teos Abadia and Scott Fitzgerald Gray for Forge of Foes, and did a lot of like the damages four times the CR, um, so that if you've got a let's say you've got a goblin that casts spells and it's got t- three levels of reversions, so it's now instead of a CR eight, it's a CR three because you just round up that first one to one, then two, then three. Yeah. So when it's doing its blast, it's doing. Uh, 12 points of damage on its blast and for a cr3 creature it does 12 points of damage and bob's your uncle gotcha um so now there's lots of stuff to look at still do is that does you know i had already looked at the con bonus not giving it as many hit points as it needed to have so if you jump something up to a cr3 it's supposed to have like 40 some odd hit points and even raising the con of the creature by six doesn't do that it you know it raises it by a couple of hit points oh, okay. for every Gotcha. CR increase. So that's still something I'm looking at is figuring out how to make that math work. And that, you know, mm-hmm. that change gel as those CRs increase, how can you also reflect that in the hit points? Um, but, you know, that's that's the process. Yeah. So hmm. I know going through the mechanics is a lot more fun when you can just look at the document rather than listening to it. So right. you know, I'll share it with you and then you can go through yeah. it more as a reader than as a listener. Yeah. And then for the rest of you at home, sorry. Well, Although maybe that's the, on the website. So maybe we that's see. a thing we should do. Maybe we should do CRs before we sit down each session instead of doing yeah. it at that time, summarize it real quick and then read it back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like yeah. you just kind of like we hit the, hit the big points. Yeah. Hit the big points so that we don't belabor people with the math. Yeah. But it's still fun. Yeah. All right. So Josh, let's 
compare a different monster. Right, and yes, that's what I think yesterday suggested not humanoid. Monster. Not humanoid. Okay, so now we said aberrations, but then my first thought was like, okay, so aberrations kind of are different. Aberration is the one school of monster where you end up with a lot of crossover. Um, you or, or no, sorry, a lot of intellectual property barriers. Okay, yes. So yeah. like, you can't compare a mind flare across a bunch of different designers because mind flares can't be, even though Flea Mortals does it. Um, mind flayers can't be, there isn't like a level up 5e didn't do a mind flare. They did an, an astral enslaving brain eating insect aberration people. But my, we've talked about this before. I feel like that was possibly designed to be something that could be reskinned to a mind flare. And right, right. The wink, wink, nudge, nudge, mind flare. The wink, wink, nudge, nudge, as opposed to level up 5e, which just was like, no, we have whispering ones. They're basically mind flayers. Come at us. <laughs> they well, they must have. You know, with they, their with their beholder right on the cover. It's not a beholder though. It's a. I don't remember what they. You're call talking it. about this thing. That oh, that's that's yeah, where I my still book have went. Book. You still have. That <laughs> I one, just huh? noticed when I flipped over my books. I was like, oh wait, I still have that. Um, but yeah, so something not humanoid. So we could do a dragon because mm-hmm. there's dragons across all of them. That's jumping up a lot in CR for comparison. We yeah. could do, um, let's see here. Let's look at creatures. Um, what about dinosaurs? Is there, are di- yeah, you're not going to find them in everything. There's no dinosaurs uh, in uh, Flea Mortal. I just think it would be just or, such yeah, a simple, Mortals. interesting thing to do. We could do, um, let's see here. Uh, well, okay, so they exist. In Flea Mortals, they have hellhounds. And in Level Up 5e, do we have hellhounds? We have hellhounds. All right. And so. that's, a, that's, let's see here. Come on, hellhound. There we go. And then in, we also have hellhounds in basic 5e. So, well, that's, that'll be interesting because that's not, yeah, that's not a thing with, I would say a hellhound has, doesn't really have like an established mythology, does it? Per se. No. I think it's just a fun just, thing to say. So we've all, you know, it's it's used in poetry and then everyone has created their own thing. So it'll be interesting to see what they look yeah, like. Yeah, they're fiends and that's it. So, mm. all right. So let's uh, go through hellhounds. Hellhounds, 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 hellhounds. All right. So I have in front of me hellhounds from the Monster Manual, hellhounds from Level Up 5e Monstrous Menagerie, and hellhounds from Flea Mortals by MCDM. They are a CR3 creature. So we're jumping from a one-quarter goblin to a CR3 creature. Is that across the board? Are they all CR3? uh, Let's see. Let's see. CR3 for Monster Manual, CR3 for Level Up 5e, and CR3 for Flea Mortals. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go through the Monster Manual one for you first, since I don't think that that's probably in front of you. Um... All right, a hellhound. It is a fiend. They are lawful evil, so they're devil dogs. I wonder if at some point they were called devil dogs and then yeah, they I just became hellhounds. I wonder what first reference um, to... I mean, it's, they're not biblical creatures, right? No. 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 And there is a... What is the podcast that does this? The... Um, the, the uh, I don't remember the exact one. I'll try to find it and add it to the show notes, but that's what they do. They'll pick a monster and they'll do a deep dive into all the different versions of it and how the lore has changed and where the lore came from. Okay. So like if I were to look up hellhounds and so according to my friend Wikipedia, mm-hmm. <laughs> hellhounds are um, servants of hell and the devil in the underworld. Okay. Uh, they come from Greek mythology, Norse mythology, English folklore, Celtic mythology, all have some sort of a fiendish dog. You have Cerberus 
Garmir from Norse mythology, things like that. Um, oh yeah, every almost every single uh, every single culture has some sort of evil dog, um, which would make sense, you know. Given, yeah, yeah. The earliest written so record the, of the Hellhound is in is oh, in the 11th and 12th century. Oh wow. Peter Burroughs' version of of the Anglo-Saxon chronicle, the actual use of the word hellhound, which speaks of a okay. wild hunt through the forest between Peterborough and Stamford. Ah, the black dog. I know that um, path well. No, I don't. <laughs> the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons, there's a paragraph here on just them existing in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it's a hyena-like creature which can breathe fire and hunt in packs. Uh, it was introduced to the in the game's first supplement, the Greyhawk supplement. Um, oh, okay. It was in the basic set, the expert set, and the Dungeon Warriors rules encyclopedia. Uh, it was in the first edition of the Monster Manual. So it was right from the very beginning, Hellhounds existed, and they were dogs, and they had a breath weapon. Um, hmm. Let's see. Yeah, mangy, skinny, dim- demonic, hyena-like creature. Now, it's interesting that they go back to a dim- hyena-like creature, but... Yeah, usually because, at least when I think of them, I think of them as having kind of that hulking mass, like that front, you know, like yeah. the stronger, uh, I don't know what you call the all the musculature in the front of a dog, but like the front legs area. I always think of them as bigger in the front, small in their back, bulldog-ish, mm-hmm. but longer, I don't know. Yeah. So the in the monster manual, they say that um, hellhounds are monstrous fire-breathing fiends that take the form of powerful dogs. Hellhounds are found on the battlefields of our... Uh, Acheron and through the lower plains. On the material plane, hellhounds are most common seen servicing devils, fire giants, and other evil creatures. They use them as guard animals and companions. They hunt in packs and they are hungry all the time. And they're evil to the core. Wow. Well, I mean, geez. I do so, like though that they can be treat they can be used as companions. So no matter how yes. demonic and flaming you look, pet. everyone still Fluffy. wants a good boy. He's <laughs> <laughs> just a good boy. Mm-hmm. So in the monster manual, a hellhound, it's medium, so it's not small. It's, they're big. Yep. It's a medium creature. Um, they have an armor class of 15 and 45 hit points and a speed of 50. They're fast. Yep. They're fast, but they don't have a high dex. Their number one stat is strength. They have a high strength, a slightly above average dex, um, a, an above average con, and then low intelligence, low charisma, and relatively uh, above average wisdom, probably for perception and things like that sure yeah they're yeah because they're they're training perception they're dogs right exactly and that's where they get their they get their skill bonus they add their proficiency bonus to their perception skill um even though once again their proficiency bonus at cr3 is only a two and then they have a plus one to wisdom so that should be a total of plus three to perception but they have a plus five Hmm. because again the monster manual does not follow its own math rules on these things and i bet you dollars to donuts when we look at the other two stat blocks it will so right. here's here's thinking. They're immune to fire. They have dark vision and a high passive perception, and they can understand infernal but can't speak it. So they, as opposed to the normal animal intelligence of one or two, they have an intelligence of six. So they are intelligent, not very bright, but they're intelligent. Huh. Um, and then their actions really come. They have the whole pack tactics thing. Sure, because so you're not advantage. supposed to just come across one, right? Exactly. They, they, you know, these are obviously like goblins. In our last episode, these are meant to be fought uh, in a group, and yeah. they work together to give advantage to each other. And so, yeah, they have the pack deck. The hound has advantage on attack rolls against a creature if at least one of the hound's allies is within five feet of the creature and the ally isn't incapacitated. Right. And then as far as their attacks, they have a bite. 
that does piercing and fire, and they have a fire breath that recharges on a five or six, and they breathe out a 15-foot cone of fire that does 21 points of damage. So on their bites, they do 14 points, but on their recharge, they do 21 points of damage. So you can go higher than their budgeted damage on a recharge ability because they don't get to do it all the time. But that's the, I mean, it's it's not a complicated stat block. That's basically it. Yeah. So, all right, let's go to, well, you've got flea mortals in front of you. Yeah. You want to do that first? Sure, okay. but of so you, course, like before, Flea Mortals has the most... <laughs> so there's not just a Hellhound, as you can see. Oh, no, they funny, that's yeah. their whole thing. Is There's probably six of them, but their first Hellhound soldier I'm looking at and thinking, hey, that's that's like the equivalent. Yeah, in some ways, because it's interesting because Hellhound Companion, its intelligence matches what you just had in the basic one. Oh, yeah. Because it lowers its intelligence, I think, because it's obedient. Hey, here's Thomas getting dropped Oh, off. yeah, a companion. It doesn't have a CR because it's a companion role. Okay. Yeah. All right, so what about the fluff? All Is right. our fluff different in Flea uh, Anyone can see that hellhounds are no ordinary beasts. Larger than mortal hounds, their eyes glow a vicious scarlet, and their skin ranges from coal black to blood red. When angered which is the vast majority of the time, their skin radiates the hellfire <laughs> held within. The flames lick at the edges of their mouths, seeking release. Hellhounds make for fierce and cunning combatants, working well with their owner and packmates to surround foes. They drive prey into ambushes and maximize the impact of that fiery breath. Not only are these hounds immune to fire, but exposure to it hardens their skin, so they will gladly unleash their breath weapons regardless of whether their packmates are in the line of fire. Though hellhounds can survive in most environments, they shun the cold and thrive in hot regions such as heated caves, volcanoes, deserts, and sites near rifts to the elemental plane of quintessence, which I'm guessing is fire. Yeah. I, I have no idea, but we'll find out. Yeah. Um, it's again, they softened the flavor a little bit. They're bound to serve. Yeah. Now look at the last paragraph under their flavor text. Uh, redemption? Yeah. <laughs> Though most hellhorn, hellhounds are formed from the souls of beasts, fiends sometimes sadistically bind fallen humanoid souls that were once good people but lost their way, forcing them to serve as hellhounds. In rare cases, such as such a hound can be redeemed if rescued at a young age by a kind and capable trainer who can lead the hound on a gentler path. Upon its death, a redeemed hellhound is freed from the seven cities of hell and moves on to a better afterlife. So even with a fiendish devil dog, they give it the, but it could also possibly be good if you work at it. Yeah. Nothing is without redemption. Which is why you have the Hellhound Companion stat block, which is, you know, it's meant to be your pet. So this is like, my players want a pet Hellhound. Well, there you go. There's your pet Hellhound. That's fun. Oh my gosh. Good omens. Unaligned. Yep. And exactly. And then you have your, and now, so if we go to the main stat block, they're now neutral evil. That's our first difference. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, All right. So what you, was the you dex on the basic one? Okay. So we'll the dex on the basic one was only 12. I'll look um, at the monster manual. You look at Flea Mortals. Okay. So the soldier is what we're using? Yep. Okay. So the soldier's armor class is 15, which I believe was the same. Same. Yep. Except it goes up to 18 um, with Hardened by Flame. So I'm assuming that's one of its skills. Oh, yeah. They add in some extra stuff. Yeah. When the hound is this subjected is to fire, that's down later. When the hound is subjected to fire damage, they take no damage. Instead, their skin darkens and hardens and their AC increases to 18 until the end of their next turn. That's cool. That's super cool. <laughs> that's cool. You, you you throw the fire bolt at it and you don't realize it's a hellhound and it gets tougher. Well, I love, I like the idea of a pack of them, you know, coming down at you and you're like, wizards like, oh, I got this. And they shoot a fireball at it and just make them into more deadly oh and do you know what i bet you they do it to each other more often than not yeah they breathe fire and they don't care about their pack mates and that does fire damage and then all of a sudden they all get hardened up 
Yeah, that's I, pretty that awesome. Phrasing? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, oh, that's neat. Yeah, so the Hellhound... Yeah, what's the dex on the Flea The Hellhound Mortals Soldier's one? hit points are 70... What's that? What is the... Uh, oh, yeah, how many hit points does the Hellhound have in Flea Mortals? 76. 76? Yeah. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm going to pull up Monster Manual on the business I don't card. know the. I don't know if Soldier's the equivalent. Well, no, it must no, be. Yeah, the, yeah, it is. It, I huh. think it is. It's the same CR. Let's look at this. Uh, okay. So CR3 should have around 60 hit points, according to Paul Hughes. So yeah, it's the hit points on the Monster Manual are low, and then the Flea Mortals ones, they are high. Yeah. So I wonder how they're, what their thought process was there. They gave it a lot more hit points than you would expect. So the hit point, um, they don't want the it, dog to die. Exactly. And it has a good <laughs> AC and an, oh, an yep. AC boost. That's usually, Incredible usually AC. if you bump up its hit points, you're supposed to lower its, hip, its AC or lower its AC if you bump its hit points. Well, and it has so that, not yes, only it has a, good, a lot of hit points, but you can hit it faster. Yeah, and it has an accessible boost. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like your yeah. buddy just it has can to boost breathe itself. fire on you. Yeah, that's insane. I know if you've got three of them, you can do that every round for at least three rounds. Yeah. Um. Um. Speed is fifty. They have so a much higher decks. What's up? They have a much higher decks than the base the base monster manual. Yep. They've got a pretty um, formidable pretty stat, block stat block period as far as being a so physical So do you creature. think that their philosophy then was that the Hellhound, as in the Monster Manual, was just too wimpy? Yeah, it must be. Um, okay. It, I mean, well, what is, you know what I would wonder in the Monster Manual, like, what does, like, a wolf have? Right, exactly. You know, do they... Well, okay, and this is, this is what I wanted to check, perception. Okay, so perception plus three, mm-hmm. proficiency bonus of plus two. So how do they end up with that plus three on proficiency? Because their wisdom is a negative one. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, because I okay. Oh, it has the, advantage on wisdom survival checks to track other creatures. No, that doesn't. So yeah, I don't understand how they. Somebody there came up just with... wanted hellhounds to be cool. Yeah, <laughs> just gave it what they wanted. I mean, I'm looking at skills: perception plus three, stealth plus seven. Not only are they ridiculously dangerous in groups, they could sneak up on you relatively easily. Hmm. Um. What? Well, <sighs> wow. Um, is that oh no that wouldn't work either so i'm trying to think so they have advantage i wonder if there's a mechanic because it says they have advantage on stealth checks i wonder if that mechanic of advantage on stealth. no you still get the plus seven so yeah so flea mortals one of the things i would love to dive into is how they come up with some of these numbers because it seems to me like giving it the stealth or perception plus three it should only have a plus two to perception but maybe they maybe they're they don't marry those numbers to the skills and the proficiency bonus, like I am wont to do. Yeah. But okay. Oh, wait. All right. So um, they have the Hardened by Flames. They have hard, Stealthy Hunter. But they also hunter. have Stealthy Hunter. The Hound has advantage on wisdom checks to, uh, to track other creatures and on dexterity checks to hide from creatures who are unaware of their presence. So, okay. They just gave it to yep, them. That's just it. All right. Um, and as far as... They have the same two actions during attack. Mm-hmm. They have a Hellish Bite. Yep. So what is their bite? It's... Plus five to it? hit. Plus... Uh, yep. Five foot, so it got to be next to him. Oh, yep. uh, hit, Same. hit dice is six. Yep. 1d6 it plus six piercing points of damage. damage. Yep. Uh, plus four points, 1d8 fire damage. Okay, so they only do 10 points of damage on a bite mm-hmm. as opposed to the 14 from the monster man. So they make them, they give them more hit points, they give them a higher AC stuff, but they do less damage. Yep. What about the damage from their breath? Their breath, uh, let's see, the Houndfire, okay, 15-foot cone, each creature Same as Monster Manual. Yep, DC 14 dexterity saving throw. Higher Um, dex saving throw than the Monster Manual. Yep, take, uh, and then they do 14 3d6 plus 4 fire damage on a failed save. Okay, so that's how they balanced it. These Hellhounds do less damage, but they last longer. Yeah. 
So that was the balance. They balanced it by reducing the amount of damage and increasing the AC and the hit points. Now, if we go to Monster Manual and Business Card, which let's see here where they say damage-wise on a CR3, they should be doing five points. Uh, no, this plus five to attack. They're doing about 20 points of damage around. So that is less. They're doing less damage does, than you would expect. Does the uh, Monster Manual... interesting when we look at... So the other feature is a creature who isn't a Hellhound who fails the saving throw is lit on fire for one minute. Um, oh, okay. Saves end at the end of the turn or until the target or another creature who can reach them uses an action to extinguish the flames. A creature who is on fire at the start of their turn takes seven f uh, fire damage. So they, they boosted that a little bit by putting you on yeah. fire. Less if, damage up front and more yeah. more over time. And if there's three of them, you're getting hit constantly. So if a creature right. who is uh, already on fire is set on fire again on a subsequent turn, the damage is cumulative, uh, but the duration of the fire resets to one minute. Oh, the damage isn't cumulative. Uh, does it say isn't? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. It says isn't. Okay. Yep. Good. I was about to say like, woo. Now they're eating. That's yep. nasty. Yep. Like you, you're on fire twice. <laughs> <laughs> Double fire. I don't know. Double fire. <laughs> well, I'm on fire on my leg and on my arm, so I'm taking it in both places. Nope. You can only be on fire once. Um. Oh, and then the all last right. Thing and is then they have a reaction. Yeah, reaction. Tug of war. Um. When an enemy within five feet of the hound hits the hound with a melee attack, the hound can make a hellish bite attack against the enemy. If the hound's attack hits, the enemy is also grappled. Escape DC twelve. And if the triggering attack was a weapon attack, the weapon used in the triggering attack can be used to make can't be used to make any more attacks while the target is grappled. Uh, the grapple ends if the hound attacks a different target with Hellish Bite. Here's what I love about this. Mm -hmm. This is where they go, well, what's it like to fight a dog? Well, if I hit it, it bites my sword and I can't get my sword back. Right, yeah, like it would do in real life. You know, it would yeah, exactly. jump on the attacker's weapon and hold it. Yep. I will say that these stat blocks are fun. These are some in fun stat blocks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pull some of these out for Strahd tonight. Yeah. Um, definitely going to pull some of these out for Strahd tonight. Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. Now, that's Flea Mortals. Let's look. I have up on my share screen here. I have the Hellhound from level up 5e now i want to see i wonder if this one will align more with the monster manual on the business card because of course it is the same author it's paul hughes so here we go yeah can you see what i'm looking at um i'm not close yes i can see it go for it all right cool hellhound cr3 same ac 15 same hit points 52 all right monster manual on a business card says cr3 should have about 60 hit points so it has a little bit fewer but it's more in the line yeah um speed of 50 feet same thing its strength is a 16 as opposed to the strength of 17 so it drops the strength a little bit um decks of four it boosts the decks oh no the decks yeah 14 Con, fine, intelligence six, wisdom plus one. Okay. So the stats are pretty comparable to the monster manual. Proficiency plus two, mm -hmm. skills, perception plus three. Look at that. Paul so Hughes follows his math. So it's got a two <laughs> proficiency bonus plus a one to wisdom. It does give it a plus one D4, which is its, um, he gives it, uh, he often will give them the, uh, you know, not an expertise die. So it gets a D4 expertise die in its perception. That's how he, see, again, I love that because he says, no, I'm going to, I'm going to follow the math. I'm going to give it, you know, proficiency bonus plus the relevant skill. But if they're really good at it, I give them an expertise die. So now you have a plus three plus one D4. It's like you get a nice little, you know, bardic inspiration yeah. um, or a bless. Sure. Uh, immune to fire, same thing. Uh, good press perception. And sort of can't speak. Keen hearing and smell. Um, they can 
have advantage on perception checks the Rylan hearing smell. Lawful evil, same thing with pack tactics. Pack tactics didn't change at all. <clears throat> Here we go. Bite, plus five to hit, same. Reach five feet, same. One target hit. Eight points of piercing damage and seven points of fire damage. Wow. So these do some more damage. Yeah. These do one point more damage per round. Um, Which would mean that fire... adds up to the lower hit points, right? More damage. Yes, exactly. Same points. thing. Okay. We have we have lower hit points, but we have a little bit more damage. Yeah. Um, again, he says that a CR3 should do about 20 points of damage around. This is only doing, you know, 15, but mm. that's okay. Um, and then, but because they also have a recharge, you have to lower their main damage output a little bit to make up for the fact they have a recharge. It probably does some terrible damage. The Hellhound extends fire in a 15 foot cone. DC 12 dexterity saving throw. They take 21 fire damage on a failed saver. So that's very similar. So it seems like what he did was he took the monster manual one, made the math line up, boosted their hit points, um, and adjusted their damage just a little bit. So these are like a more balanced... See, that's the philosophy. These are a more balanced monster manual hellhound. These follow an internal logic more consistently than the monster manual one. Right. So Paul Hughes is going, how do we make the hellhound follow the logic that it should follow? And then MCDM goes, how can we make hellhounds really cool and more oh, fun well you know because you're talking and i am listening because i you know but i just I, i'm sitting here remarking in my brain i was like wow it's so cool that we randomly chose a creature that ended up being so freaking cool in this flea mortals well because i, I you, challenge you to find a stat block in flea mortals that isn't cool they well, are like they, so they have even, a lot of really cool ones so they have hellhound they have hellhound cur and hellhound companion and mm -hmm. they could have just kept you know, went with Hellhound and just kind of scaled it down as they went. But like the Kerr right. is smaller, but even has a different set of, you know, um, abilities. It has crossfire. Uh, if a creature starts <laughs> their turn within 10 feet of two or more Kerrs, the creature takes fire, four points of fire damage, just being in their presence, which I yeah. love is this acknowledgement that they're just radiating so much damn heat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and the, combine that with the fact that they're minions, which means that Every yeah. it takes five of the hellhound curs to equal the CR of one yeah. CR three. So if you were to have a party face off against one hellhound, it's CR three soldier. Yeah. If you wanted to use the curs, you'd have to put five of them to equal the same battle. And because remember that those minions they die if they take any damage. Right. But I just like so, that they can sit there and cut. Yeah. They Again, just, the intimidation you, factor is very high. So. Mm -hmm. And you combine it with the fact because it's minions, you throw a lot of them out there. Instead of three hellhounds, you've got 15 curs. Good. Have fun. <laughs> You're basically right. in an oven. Yeah, have a couple um, of packs, and then you can maybe have like the actual hellhound leadership up on the hill. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have that. one hellhound and, and five hellhound curs, and that's a nice yeah encounter and that'd, that's two cr3s that'd be like a fun little mini adventure of like you know like a wild hunt you know to reference yep. their original. hunt down the pack of yeah that are kind of tearing through oh, communities i really like these i might steal these for tonight these are so cool spoilers and i like the companion <laughs> thing and the companion yeah consult hell the hound, the hound's caregiver can talk to the hound about a specific course of action that the caregiver plans to uh take within the next 30 minutes tapping into the divin divin diviner divinity divinatory oh okay all over oh, divinatory, divinatory power like divi divinatory divination yep uh power through the hound's connection to the infernal realm uh after okay one so they so for the companion they threw in role play abilities yeah. because the companion is something you role play with yeah and he can basically uh, consult the like powers of hell yeah that's very cool i like this book people if you're listening buy this book it's a good book
Yeah, that's awesome. I dig this book. I, this book and uh, Monstrous Menagerie are going to become my two big, biggest go-tos. Yeah, so many Man. hobgoblins. It's nuts. Yeah, lots of different hobgoblins, too. I'm excited about these hellhounds, though. They're way cooler. No, you know, never, did, totally a creature that is flyover country for an animal in a book, you know, for a, a creature or a monster in a manual. Sure. You know what I mean? You're like, hellhound, whatever. And you just, mm-hmm. I will say that the hellhound art in Level Up 5e is the best. Yeah, that one. Can you see it on yeah, your screen? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, can you zoom a little bit? Uh, Are you I can able? Certainly try. Yeah. Yeah, that one, like, yeah, that one looks cool. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. That's got a little that's, bit of the... That, you know what? That's not what it actually looks like in the movie, but that's what my child brain remembers the hounds in Willow looking like. Willow? Yeah. yeah. It totally oh, pulls I was on about Willow. to say, the same. they're a little bit like a Skeksis mixed with a zombie mixed with a Willowed hound. They have a very, 80s, they have a very 80s vibe about them, like 80s yeah, movie that's like vibe. A, that's, there's definitely uh, a power metal ballad playing in the background while you fight them. <laughs> oh, totally. Yep. That's so really let's cool. see. Hellhounds, flavor text. Let's look at the flavor text difference. Um, right hand of the gods sit the saviors and scourges of mortals. Uh, the dogs, that to, to the gods left sits their dogs, the hellhounds. Protectors of the boundaries between life and death, hellhounds serve many gods, archfey, and demon lords who preside in the afterlife. Hellhounds guard profane sites such as graveyards to hell, but they are not infamous for hunting down mortals who anger their masters, but they are most famous. Um, blowing eerie horns, fey lords ride forth packs of ravening hellhounds at their heels. Infernal armies. So they expanded out past devils. Fey also use hellhounds. Huh. They're just the, they are the uh, hunting beast of the non-mortal plane. Um fiendish supernatural dogs that guard places of religious significance mortal spellcasters some of them to serve fire can't harm the hellhound and hellhounds are inherently evil but when a good aligned deity commands them they must obey that's okay. interesting so they can be used by anyone hmm huh that's interesting so rather than make like an what was that is that to get around making like an equivalent for celestia yes that's got to be it because we don't have we don't want to have a heaven hound what fun we is that hellhounds oh also a heaven hound Small, tiny, tiny difference. Um, I noticed in Flea Mortals, Hellhounds is one word. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wonder what's up with that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe to... Uh, I mean, alliteration is fun. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Do you know what? Hmm. Oh, no. I was going to say, maybe are Blink Dogs the, the good guy equivalent? Well, so Blink are... Dogs are the opposite of a displacer beast. Because that, they right. do cats and dogs with that. Okay, because where... the Blink Dog... But Blink Dog is fey. Yeah. And it's only, and it's only CR uh, one-fourth. <laughs> yeah, which... I, I really, you know, I've always loved the idea behind the blink dog and the displacer beast that when they see a displacer beast, like a blink dog won't listen to you anymore. <laughs> it, like, <laughs> it's like, it's like your beagle ran away and you're like, come back, Daisy, the podcast. Yeah. No, as I understand it, they have an intrinsic <laughs> hatred for displacer beasts that's so high it overrides their um, any other training, training and they will immediately attack it and you can't get them back. It's more like my, oh my God. Enola the Not podcast dog when she sees a cat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hyper focused. Yeah. You can't get, cannot get through to her with. I literally have brought her a warm hamburger. Nothing. Nope. <laughs> She's Here's something you can eat and you know, but I want that thing I, I can't eat yet. I know. Um, yeah, that's an interesting flavor change. Uh, and I think you're exactly right. It's just to get around, like, we don't want to make a heaven dog. So, yes. A good aligned deity can command a hellhound. That's interesting. That's interesting, though. I wonder if they can have like, yeah, it creates potentially even um, good little role play moments. So if you're surrounded by some hellhounds, maybe a, a 
like a, when you're about to think you're about getting attacked by someone evil and then an angel comes out yeah or maybe even like a your oh, no, cleric my can pets. your cleric can pray and at the dm's discretion the god oh know, they the get sent to hellhound yeah that'd be pretty cool oh i love it like oh, this, you have like funny. this pure perfect all you know cleric and then they pray I for worship, help and yeah, then this slobbering good cleric yeah it's like drooling <laughs> lava rotten, yeah like drooling fire dog lava comes out. acid oh yeah be crazy be great <laughs> like oh my god just have that moment where he i'm really upset so uh, i've sometimes i'm critical of the art in level up 5e like right out there on the opposite page oh I the harpy like the harpy art yeah the harpies yeah and it's kind of lame i could have pulled off the harpy I'm but not lie. huh i could have pulled that off yeah i'm uh, i'm not as impressed with the harpy art yeah but i love that hellhound art that's oh, yeah. awesome that's super cool well that's that's what so, it should be yeah you know it yeah. should be this intimidating semi-grotesque you should see the heat radiate. you know what i mean like you should detect mm-hmm. the heat and the flea mortals art's fine the flea mortals are all together like all kind of has this um like so this art right here this is hobgoblin art um yeah yeah for the there is a unity of that style reminds me it. there is there there is some there it has a, like a verisimilitude to yep. the art but this re- art reminds me so much of like a Boris. It's like someone's going after like a Boris Vallejo 1980s vibe. Oh, yeah. And with, yeah, totally. And a lot of it. A lot of it is semi edgelordy kind of. Uh huh. It's kind of got that glossy, slick oil painting from the 80s you buy on mm-hmm. a calendar at Walden Books. <laughs> at Walden so. Books, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the Wald at the Walden books stuck in your Kmart. Yeah. Remember they used to Because do- you got tired of you got tired of looking at the little metal dragons at the little booth out in the hallway of the mall where mm-hmm. they had the pewter dragons and sword in the stones and things like that with the little ruby eyes. <laughs> yep. And because your parents wouldn't buy you one, so you went in and you looked at the Boris Vallejo calendar in Walden books. Because <laughs> it has naked people in it. It does. <laughs> or essentially, or they were supposed to be. Yeah. Like somewhere, exactly. some kind of person. I can't publish that. Put a G string on her or him. <laughs> it was pretty literally cool. a string though literally a string it's literally a string not <laughs> so silly. so yeah <clears throat> so again same thing we've got some mechanical differences you can see the link between the mechanical changes and the lore they do mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. can for the most part see where they came from it seems like hellhounds across the board are uh give them more hit points make them harder to hit but have them do less damage yeah um, very much seems like they're designed to be fought in multitudes. Yeah. So if you give them more damage than fighting against multitudes, and that's one of the problems that comes with any sort of design of a creature that you're supposed to fight in groups. The minute you throw a lot of something at players, it becomes infinitely more deadly. Mm-hmm. That's the whole, I mean, when you're doing, even the, based on the uh, Dungeon Master's Guide in the Monster Manual, if you have multiples of a monster, the CR increases 1.5 because just having multiples makes them that much harder. And right. if anyone's played any uh, Baldur's Gate 3 on a computer that has more of a relationship to a potato than a computer, um, <laughs> especially in some of those Act 3 fights, that was, you know that's why I haven't finished Act 3 yet. You know, I, I take my turn and then I can walk away for 30 minutes while... My computer figures out what to do with the other 17 minions on the board. What did I read the other day? Have you been bathing your characters? No, I did notice that you can bathe the the blood off of them, but I have not gotten, I have not yeah, done Yeah, there that. was uh, some article that are like, um, you know, gentle reminder, make your Baldur's Gate characters bathe. <laughs> I don't even know how you would do that. You throw water bottles at each other? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you do. No, you obviously, if it's Baldur's Gate 3, which I haven't played in like a month or more, but obviously what you do is you steal an entire barrel of water as big as you. 
put it into your pocket, <laughs> and then later you can take it out, me six or seven dozen, and then everyone can just hop in and take a quick bath. I will freely admit that I have cheesed all of my characters carrying around at least one giant barrel of gunpowder. I can't believe that's not a thing that they have... <laughs> patched over or fixed no don't take it away from me it's the only way i can win some of the fights i know <laughs> and and it because like i'm like tears of the kingdom we're in the dialogue why are you walking around dropping barrels around yeah. me no reason yeah <laughs> zelda tears of the kingdom if you figure out a way to dupe an apple and they will they'll, they'll freaking patch that out of there next week you're done you're not getting extra <laughs> apples out of us oh my so God. no i just can't believe that the barrel cheese thing still exists that's fantastic i love the barrel cheese. that's okay I'm tears not, of the kingdom never... has one i don't think will ever go away which is you can throw puff shrooms which creates like a cloud of smoke and uh-huh. it makes the lionels go completely inert oh i, I remember that, that is one. how i beat lionels i'm not i do not have the parrying reflexes so i just make them think i'm not there and i wail on them for a while and then i make them think i'm not there mm-hmm. i am slightly concerned one of the things i have noticed is that um so there is one fight in Baldur's gate i won't say any spoilers but there's one fight in there that i had was not able to win over and over and over again and so i did go to the internet like how does anyone win this fight and the number one way people win the fight is while the dialogue because there's dialogue before the fight you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be conversing yeah and the dialogue before the fight i noticed for the first time that you have the option of uh clicking out of the dialogue to another character's pov so and then basically the bad guy is frozen because they're waiting for a dialogue input from the one character. So you can jump. So if you're, you know, your your main character is talking to this enemy, you can click out and you can go to Carlac, and then you just are back in third person view. You just walk around behind the enemy and give him a shove off a cliff, and that's it. <laughs> There's no big fight. <laughs> and now every time they've come to that fight, that's how I win it because <laughs> you, I cannot win it. You otherwise. literally catch him monologuing. You catch him monologuing <laughs> and you shove him off an endless cliff into an abyss. But you don't get any loot. And he doesn't have any good loot on him anyway. Oh, he doesn't? Oh. So, so no. just a big pain in the butt. Okay. Yeah, and if he's allowed to if he's allowed to not jump, get flung off a cliff, he raises so many GD minions to fight you that you end up getting flung off a cliff. So That's funny. It's what's good for the goose is good for the gander, Josh. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. And in this well, case, yeah. it's good for getting pushed off a cliff. Well, did you see, speaking of video games and cheesing it, what, there's some wrestler, uh, WWE, I don't know who, but he, that I have not seen it. apparently he paid someone $1,000 to level up his Elden Ring character. Oh, jeez. Because he what? was always on the road and he was and he loved the game, but he was too busy. So, <laughs> Can you just do the grinding for me so I can just fight the Yeah, game? could you just do it? I just jumped to the end. Uh, I can't be bothered. It's like literally the, oh it's God. like some new nerd equivalent of do my homework for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well but you know on that note though josh you know what it is what, what is it it's it's the we're out of time oh it's right <laughs> all right great yeah, yeah we've we've hit we've hit our thing we got that was good we yeah. talked through the goblins we compared hellhounds i'm now going to look at the hellhound stat blocks and maybe try to kill you guys with them well the whole like. thing is incentive to start looking in you know start again start looking at things you 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 wouldn't even consider i i, I don't think right. i ever would have looked at hellhounds no like it was just random like what's a monster that's in all three sources right um like i feel like checking out griffins all of a sudden because that's another one i wouldn't bother yeah, to look at for sure let's pick it let's pick a good guy next week yeah yeah and do the same thing all right we'll do we'll do, um, we'll do griffins then there's got to yeah, be griffins in griffins. all of them right I'm pretty sure there's griffins in all of yeah. them. Let's see. I, I see griffins in Flea Mortals. 
And let's see, level up monstrous menagerie. Like, come on, come on, Griffins. Griffins. Okay. We got Griffins. We have Griffins, Josh. All right, all right Griffins cool. next week, everybody. I hope you're excited. Yeah. Um, but for today, that's all the time we've got. So, Excellent. hey, thank you everyone so much for listening and supporting the show. For more information or to peruse the latest draft of the creations, go to our website at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. All spelled out. Where you can like, follow, or message us on Instagram. If you want to get a hold of us, that is the way to do it. Um, hey, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Dylan. And thank you to those listening at home. And we look forward to creating more with With you. you.